Boomtron. 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 Boomtron, but you're never gonna move on. Netflix OGs get your groove on. We talk about it all, we could be wrong. Kill the better views like a Demogorgon. Boomtron, but you're never gonna move on. Just a few guys talking about the originals. Yo, pick a favorite show, we can put it on. We know it also, nothing's atypical. And welcome to the Boomtron Podcast. We're talking Yellowstone, episode three today, and I'm joined with Mark and Amy again. Guys, hello. Howdy, howdy. Howdy. Uh, so you're saying howdy because we're watching Yellowstone? <laughs> well, I think tech, the living in Texas is seeping into my veins as well. So. Oh, yeah. I've also started to... typing the word y'all as an actual word. So it's... Oh. Uh, we're going we're gonna to send you to the 4-6's uh, ranch then. <laughs> with, with Jimmy. Oh, God, please no. <laughs> I'm going to have some questions about that you. later. I'm going to make a cowboy out of you just yet, Mark. <laughs> That's hot. So... So, episode three of Yellowstone, um, I mean, right off the bat, def- I, I, I don't know if episodes one and two were just so jam-packed of action and drama and story that episode three, for me, kind of was slow, maybe? Yeah. It, it started off with a bang. I mean, it had Kevin Costner sitting there in front of the fire, Godfather style, while all hell was breaking loose. Around him with with Rip right. and Casey killing off those those remaining some of the remaining militia folks. Right. right. So it sort of felt like it was gonna really, you know, I, you cannot top that season one. I, I mean, the episode one season four premiere with fifteen minutes of just chaos. No. But uh, it gave us like about two minutes of it, and then I felt like they were like, okay, we're done with that check because <laughs> right. It it was slow. It was yeah. It was slow, but. At the same time, like, I felt like there was, intrigue would be a huge overstatement, so I Mm. I don't mean intrigue, but kind of like this, I don't know, I felt like each of the stories moved enough that I wasn't bored. Like 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 a baby step for everybody. Yeah, yeah, kind of like that. Like, I was happy with the way that um, Beth and Rip's story moved forward. And I was happy with the progress that Casey and Monica and Tate made. And I was happy with, like, I felt like there was a little bit of everything um, I feel like that Monica and Monica and Tate scene, which was maybe a total of five minutes, Mm -hmm. was probably the, the, the big reveal per se, or the big impact of the episode, just because, you know, we spent the whole time in episodes one and two talking about what happened to Monica and Tay. Mm-hmm. We even, I think we even at one point said, well, did they make it? Yeah. Right. Uh, so to see that and just, just see, you know, I think we, we did mention this as well, is how much Tate has gone through. Yeah. And then you see him hiding under the bed and Casey being like, F this. Get right. out of the bed and pulls him out and like it's okay. You you did the hardest part. Yeah, uh, it, I loved that line. I actually wrote it down because he said your biggest fear already came and you beat it. Right. And like like simultaneously saying okay, get over it, but also saying you're you're amazing. Like at the same time, right. and uh, and it worked. It got him out from under the bed. And just Monica's just saying to him, "I hate you." It's oh. just like uh, how think- how topsy-turvy their relationship has been uh through the whole show 
You know, and right. I was theorizing when Beth said to John in episode one, you know, he goes, who did we lose? And she said, define lose. Uh, yeah. That that in that moment could be referring to Monica, to Tate, uh, to, to Casey. Um, right. And, you know, from the get-go, this was our Romeo and Juliet story. Mm-hmm. You know, her right. from the reservation, him from the ranch, and all of their families fighting. And, and when the minute she kind of under her breath, I think it was at first, said, I hate you. And he was like, what? Oh, my God. It was a knife in my heart. I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I I feel like while it might not be the most important part of the show, I feel like their relationships the most. I like I feel very invested in it, right? And and like I always I always found myself like rooting for Casey and Monica to like figure it out and make it work. Uh, and now I'm just I'm just very you know curious to see how this relationship like where do they go from here? Like how how does this because I feel like she generally does... I don't know if she hates Casey or she just hates this life that she blames him for creating for them. I think she really hates the life, but at the same time, she's not wrong. Like she said, I told you I didn't want to live here. I told you I didn't want him here. And Casey made her come live there. So at the end of the day, she's blaming him for what happened. And I, there's a lot of things that I think people can get over and through in a marriage, but I'm <laughs> wondering if the fact that, despite the fact that she said, you know, this is a no-go, I think bad things are going to happen, that he was like, no, we're going to go live there. And then the worst thing happened. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I don't know that she can get around that. I almost feel like it's going to be one of those things where like, Tate might come around before she does. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, he kind of didn't, but kind of already did in that, like, he went and ate his dinner on the couch. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he did what his dad told him to do. So he's kind of already getting there, you know? I mean, parents like you're such a... Parenthood was just such a theme for this entire episode for, uh, across all ge- the generations. Mm-hmm. And you sort of see Casey turning into John right. in terms of, you know, we've been, we've seen this darker side to him emerge when he, you know, we see him throw that uh, rancher from California, Ralph, the llama, the llama rancher, uh, <laughs> you know, this, this, you know, just poor law abiding, albeit not friendly guy throws him under that cattle grate. And we've seen him kill people and walk away without blinking. And, um, you know, that was exactly who he didn't want to be. He did not want to be the next John Dutton. And this, this metamorphosis is happening. And in the process, he's telling his son who has gone through all kinds of childhood trauma, get over it. Right. Cowboy, cowboy up, which is exactly what John said to Casey. That's a good point. Yeah. You know, so it's it's just kind of this, this spot on, Mark. Spot hey, on. thank you. I told you, Mark would have some insight for us. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I guess going along the the parenthood theme, then you go over to Beth and Rip and their mm-hmm. whole, you know, ordeal with uh, what's the boy's name? Carter. 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 And she takes she takes Carter shopping, and she's like, "No, Rip, it's, it's all good. It's all good." Rip's like, "Don't spoil that boy," and she has like a moment of clarity and like a scene in the store uh, that kind of <laughs> you know kind of I, I I thought she I thought she was gonna leave him. 
Like, I thought she was legit going to leave him at the store. And Which, I... Go ahead. That was just that for, for, Beth, for parenting Beth style, that would be completely on brand. Right. That, that this kid would have to hitch his ride back to the ranch. <laughs> right, right. And I think we, we kind of touched on that as well, is that we said, I think Rip would be the one to raise this boy, to kind of right. teach him the way. Mm-hmm. But I, I it, it's interesting. Like, I... I thought it was super interesting. So much of the show is talked about, like how Beth was not well parented, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like she's looking to be a kinder, gentler parent with this kid. I found it really interesting. And again, she has zero experience with children. So we can start there for sure. The kid really didn't do, unless I missed something. She said you could get boots, but then she was picking up jeans. Then he's like, hey, can we get this shirt? Like, what teenage whole, kid isn't going to be like, hey, I like this. Can I get this? You know? I think it was the whole, I think like Rip planted like a seed in her mind about like, not only not spoiling the kids, but it was like, you know, don't let this kid take advantage of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like for as small as it was, like, I, I want this shirt. And she said no, and then he said like he kept fighting her kind of thing. You know, Beth likes control. Oh yeah, so now she you ha- does. But but that again, I mean, that's going to be an issue because yes, you should have control with your children, but at the same time, you also can notice when they're being children and give a bit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't and know. Kick, I, and then they kick the boy out of the house. He can't sleep at the house no more. <laughs> right? I don't know. I just. There's something with that story that's going to catch at some point. Like, I feel like the kid's going to get in danger, right? Because here's the thing. So something happened. The whole thing happens at the store, and she's like, fine, whatever, you're gone. Which is kind of like, I'm washing my hands of you. I'm not dealing with you. You don't do what I want you to do. We're done. We're good. We're done, right? Whereas Rip's unkindness or the way that he's dealing with him he really is teaching him lessons you know what I mean like he walks over to the horse and he's like did you do this did you put this saddle and everything on the kid's like yeah and he's like well if you don't know what you're doing don't do it because you could get hurt somebody could get hurt right which is which is good advice when you work on a farm (laughs) make sure that the things that you're doing you're doing correctly because someone could get hurt somebody's riding that horse they could fall right off you know what I'm saying and maybe it's foreshadowing too Oh, right. And maybe it's foreshadowing, but it, it does, the lessons that he's teaching are definitely lessons like I'm protecting you kind of lessons. Like you need to learn how to do these things so you don't get hurt. So bad things don't happen to you. Whereas then when Carter gets in the car and Beth and Carter are driving home, her then she decides she's going to impart her wisdom, right? But it wasn't it didn't feel like it was wisdom to keep Carter safe. It was wisdom of how to be on top, how to be the winner, how to have control, how to have the power. So one is like, here, I'm going to teach you how to survive on this farm and be, you know, good at your job and, and be safe and so forth. And the other is, here's how to become, you know, basically a terrible person like me. I just thought that was an interesting... I don't know. Like, they're already arguing about how to raise this kid. And well, I mean, they have such different approaches. 
and Beth is in uncharted waters for her uh, because when someone wrestles control from her or bests her or even just disregards her, she eviscerates them, sometimes verbally, sometimes literally. (laughs) But, uh, I mean, she just destroys them. And to have this person, child, in her life who, you know, we know that she has at least, if not a feeling of love for already, she she, she craves this child in her life. Right. And he's just like, Psh, you know, I'm going to take this shirt. I want this shirt. I don't care what you're saying over there about the pants, which I think every parent has lived that like seriously week, on the weekly basis. But, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, she had that moment where she, she can't destroy this kid because she has these different feelings for him than from all these other people in the world that have slighted her. So she's making it up as she goes, I think. Um, she and then really is. There was that, I mean... I loved the advice that she gave the kid about the four ways to make it. <laughs> right. I won't say I won't say which is my favorite, but um, <laughs> uh, when you know when he you know she gave him that I, I, option number four, which involved the sexual act, and he kind of mutters, "Is that how you did it?" <laughs> right, right. And then I kind of thought she, it seemed like she kind of had respect for that. She's like, right. "Okay, he's all right." Exactly. The kids well, are all right. But it's interesting because the one thing you just said was like. Anybody who goes against her, anybody who doesn't agree with her, she destroys. And that's why my my favorite storyline in the whole show is her and Rip's relationship. Because here's here's Rip, this guy who works on her father's farm, who she actually does have like real, you know, social capital over, right? Like she has more power than he does. She could fire him. She could, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. she's technically kind of one of his bosses. And he doesn't agree with her about the kid. And she's like, you know, she's mad at him, whatever. And then she's, F you. And then she starts to walk away. She turns around, she comes back, and she's like, I love you. I'll see you at the house later. But F you. And then she walks away. Like, like, it's That's why it's just my favorite thing, because she really is, like, you want to talk about a complicated character, It because of her upgrading, she's got no idea how to be human. Um, everything, she's so egocentric. Everything's about herself. And that's why it's so out of her comfort zone to figure out how to deal with the kid, because nothing's about you when you have yeah. a kid. You know? Um, but she's also like that with Rip. And that's why there's part of me that's feeling like maybe this isn't going to be a total disaster. Maybe they're not going to completely ruin this kid. Um, because, because Rip is in the mix and because as tough as he's being on the kid, I think he's also going to help her figure out how to be, if not maternal, um, how to be someone who's good for the kid as well. I don't know. I think, I I think, I just feel like Rip's just going to teach him how to be a cowboy in a certain sense, because he does say that line there where he says, you know, no matter what, this kid will never be our kid kind of thing right well so so it seems like he's keeping a distance but maybe maybe he'll soften up rip soft on the inside i think well i don't know if you heard the the tick 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 of the time bomb there but when she made that comment to him about you'll resent me one day for this you know yes he knows she can't have kids obviously but they're gonna they're gonna parent around carter and and work it out and have a good happy scenario and then some at some point rip will find out that, you know, Jamie's involvement in her being sterilized, he'll go after Jamie. Jamie will tell him, it was your baby. Because mm. he does not know 
that she lost that that she gave up his mm. baby. Right, and I think right. that's going to cut wow. in to the quick. And so I think I think all of this stuff with Carter, they're going to find this really dysfunctional, but 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 functional and 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 familial way to become this unit, and then it's going to explode. That's what I think. Right, right. So what I thought was interesting in this episode is the storyline that I kind of don't really care about, um, which is probably the most... Well, okay, I forgot about that storyline. I do have a question about Jimmy, but I'll get back to that because <laughs> okay, that he's, <laughs> he's the story I really don't care about. But the story that I second kind of don't care about, um, I didn't really care about who did this Like at this point in the... It felt so anticlimactic when they pulled the the mask off that guy's head, and I was like, "Oh, I don't know him." Um, and then he's Johnson they were, too. <laughs> yeah, and then they're like, "Oh, well, it's this guy gives the orders," and he's like, "Who does he get the orders from?" He's like, "I don't know." And I was like, oh, "Okay, well, that's kind of boring." And then you know, he tossed him off the cliff, like they toss everybody off the cliff that they're not happy with, and. I don't know. The whole thing felt kind of anticlimactic and there's no real answers. And even the way oh. that they were like dealing with the, um, uh, I always forget his name. The guy who brought John, that guy, and was Rainwater. like, look, if you're going to, yeah, Rainwater, if, if you're going to take ownership of this, um, then you got to take out the trash. Like you're, you're going to have to deal with it. And he's like, yeah, okay, whatever, I'll do it. Like, I felt like even John seemed kind of bored by that storyline. I I don't know. That was I just I don't care well, at all, this point who did I it. I mean, it's it's a means to end leading up to the big reveal who orchestrated it all. Yeah, because uh, what this episode didn't show at all was Jamie. Well, at that's all. true. That's true. There was no Jamie in this episode whatsoever, and. I just find it hard to believe that he's not going to play a very significant role in this season one way or another. Yeah. Right. Um, one thing that's kind of, I thought was kind of funny about the, that, that whole situation with, with Rainwater and the, and his prisoner. Um, I never caught the guy's name. The one that was, they called the party planner for the assault. Right. Um, and when Rainwater meets with John and brings the guy to him, one of his first lines is, you know, we still have chess to play you and me. Right. But, you know, anyway, but the truce is still holding for now. Turns out, I was looking on IMDb, this guy that, that you know, ultimately John killed at the end, his character's name was Checkers. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's funny. But um, I do think one thing that we got from that is that at the beginning, you see John sitting fireside while everyone does his dirty work. But we see that John is still in this game because John kills this guy with his own, you know, by his own hand at the end of the episode. So I think we see that... You know, John is still willing to fight in the trenches for but his land. But it's funny to me. Family. It's funny to me that he doesn't just kill an unarmed yes. man. That right. he makes it almost like self-defense. Right. Kind of fair. Thing. I'm going to make it fair. I'm going to give you a fighting chance. Although he really doesn't have a fighting chance. But it's yeah, like I agree still with you. Are trying to have some sense of nobility in, in right. John's character, whereas Rip just sneaks up behind you and chokes you with a garret. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Or, you know, tosses a rattlesnake at you. In oh, yes. gosh. That's, That's so still good. one of the most epic murders I've ever seen <laughs> on TV, I should say. Oh, so, I do what say, is... Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, no, because I feel like you're still on this topic and I was going to change it, so go ahead. Well, just on the, 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 the thread of who did this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know I texted you guys. I, I'd read a blog that was presenting this pretty cool theory that I wanted to share. 
um, uh, this blogger was talking about how all of these suspects that could be behind this big assault on the Duttons just hours before it happened were meeting in Jamie's office to talk about this airport and thinking that they all had the upper hand, that they were going to get their airport, their land, etc. Right. And then, you know, and that all blew up in everyone's face and they all went to their separate corners. And then in a space of, I think it was just hours, the assault happened. So this person was saying there's no way that like Rainwater or Rourke or uh, the other woman from Market Group who was outed as a mm-hmm. sexual predator, um, how they could have put this together, made, you know, found the people, paid them, made the plan and all this stuff. So it had to be someone who was planning it for longer. And then this per- this blogger was talking about the Beck brothers, how uh, the, the, I forget his name, I think it was Morgan, the brother in charge, the blonde one. The, yeah. uh, that sat out in that field after Costner shot him. And uh, he yes. says, you know, do you want me here? And he goes, no, I want to be alone. And Dutton gets up, John Dutton gets up and leaves. This guy is rich and connected. And if he had a phone in his pocket, he could have called a chopper or someone to come get him. He could have recovered in private, in secret. He could have planned this all out. And he's got the money and the and the connections to do it because... Militia was the folk were the folks who helped him kidnap Tate in the first place. There's some right. super villain stuff you're talking about, man. So I, I, I mean, just as a, a you know, again, I, I I was really team Jamie last week, uh, but you know that would be a way to I mean, Jamie could really take the fall for it, like a huge red herring, and then we could That's find out I'm in saying. a major Darth Vader you know, reveal last, at the end. Last episode, you wanted to bring Mrs. Dutton back from the dead. Now you're hey. trying to bring this guy back from the dead. <laughs> And you need wa- to go watch 1883, man. Okay, I need to Ugh. just get back to Dynasty, right? <laughs> I really kind of feel like also that they're just using Yellowstone to promote 1883. If I have to see one more commercial for that while we're watching this show, and I get it, it's like the prequel, but I I get so tired of it because it's the same commercial over and over again. I don't get tired of seeing um, Mr. Elliot, but um, so <laughs> Jamie... What is the deal with this? And again, I'm sure it's just something that I have forgotten about. I'm sure they must have spoken about it sometime. But this double six, four, six, whatever six ranch that he's going to. Like, why is like when they're like, that's where, oh, Jimmy, sorry. When they were like, yeah, that's where he's going. They're like, oh, that's where he's going. Like, why, what, what's the problem here? This is like a world famous ranch, right? Yeah. Can I can I drop some facts on this ranch? Because I was yeah, man. That's okay. why we have you here. That's why we pay you the big bucks. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm gonna earn it tonight. No, uh, so uh, what I didn't know, I was I was yesterday years old when I realized uh, that Travis, the the horse jockey guy that was you know on these last few episodes, that's Taylor Sheridan, who's one of the co-creators of this show. Oh, really? Yes. So he you know he knows what he's doing apparently. Right. Um, he also is filthy ass rich because he owns a company he created a company called the yellowstone creators group and in may of 2021 of this year they bought the four sixes ranch for the price uh, of 347 million dollars uh, so just a little bit got yeah it. it's three properties combined for a total of over 265,000 acres which is larger than the city of san antonio oh my gosh Jeez. So they own the ranch now. So obviously they're, you know, and that's, we we have this other spinoff coming this way probably next year that's going to be set there. So I think all of these, you know, mysterious factoids that the characters are dropping about the ranch, it's just to 
get that interest. It's a, it's a teaser campaign to get okay. the interest generated because that show is happening and, and they spent a lot of money <laughs> to make it happen. Well, that makes a lot of sense now that you say that. Cause Are you going to watch, Amy, all the commercials for it? <laughs> I mean, I am. <laughs> Let's be honest. Of course I'm going to watch. but There's going to be a lot of cowboys here. Like, like yeah. Cowboy so, cowboys. So what is he doing? Like, what is Jimmy supposed to be doing there now? Because they I all mean, obviously me. hate him and don't want to take him with. Yeah. And how so, is it so different from Yellowstone that right, exactly. he needs to go to Well, Texas, Yellowstone so. is not like... Yellowstone looks seems to more like a cattle ranch kind of thing. I think this is like horses and like uh, like training mm. horses and the rodeos and all those Jimmy's tricks. Jimmy's not supposed that, to be riding anymore. Nah, he's just going to be a handler. Like he's just there to just, that's it. Hmm. Yeah, well, To just know, help in any way he can. All things Jimmy, I roll my eyes so hard you could probably hear it over the microphone. But the whole Jimmy and Mia thing I struggled with. Uh, yeah, for this me episode too. Because Jimmy got on that horse that bucked him and gave him this last, most recent injury because Mia told him, you've got to do what you love. You've got to, you know, be this man. I love this guy. So he went out and hopped on the horse and, you know, screwed his whole life up. And then when he's facing the consequences for following her request, following her heart, she's like, you're choosing Yellowstone over me. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Like, yeah, right. I, I, honey, I'm with you on that, man. I mean, when she's like, when he, when she's full on ignoring him, at, when he walks up to her and says, "Can I talk to her?" and then when she just stares at him as the car is pulling away, I was just like, "What?" Uh, is she staying on the ranch? Oh. It seems that <laughs> like way. She, like, what's what's going on? And then you have the other guy, uh, the 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 com the Walker. guitar player, like yeah, lives, sleeping in the tra- Walker sleeping in the trailer. Him and Lloyd are gonna go at it, man. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, and I That's hope Lloyd, I hope Lloyd I hope Lloyd takes care of business. <laughs> I like Lloyd, man. They better not they better not kill him off. I like. I Lloyd. don't think they will. I like Lloyd too. I I just I I'm kind of shocked. So for as much control as John Dutton has over his own ranch, at the same time, I feel like he leaves a lot to be decided by the people that work for him. The fact that the Yellowstone in episode one, season one, it's not really the same Yellowstone that exists now. Um, and, and one of the big things is like these female wranglers, you know, like that was buckle like bunnies. such a no, but well, they're, well, that's part of it, right? Buckle bunnies and. I don't barrel know what they were, you know they, were about. they were barrel riders, I think, or something, right? They barrel were riders. barrel riders, right. They weren't buckle bunnies. They actually were barrel riders. But still, like, women on the circuit are looked at differently. And the fact that they're working on the ranch and sleeping in the bunkhouse, and it just, it seems like, I, I kind of feel like when John comes in there and, like, sits down with them to play cards or whatever, that he would be like, whoa, 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 like, let's straighten this up. This isn't how we're going to do things. This isn't how we run this ranch. But he's just kind of like, whatever. And I don't know if he's just realizing that he's old and eventually is going to have to pass the whole thing on. I, I don't know. It just, the women's presence in the bunkhouse just seems very strange to me mm-hmm. because it just doesn't feel like something that John would be okay with. 
I think at yeah. this point, though, also is they've done so much for him. Uh, is he really going to deny them having females in the bunk? Yeah, I guess. I, I think I, I think it's good to have them there from a storyline perspective, but it was lazy writing because they had that whole section, that whole exchange between John and Rip when Rip recruited, the, and I forget her name, but the stripper mm-hmm. to come. About mm-hmm. her moving into the bunkhouse, he's like, "Well, okay, if you," th-, and he's like, and, "You know, Rip was like, she's got that thing wrapped around her finger," and John mm-hmm. said, oh, "Okay," but uh, so that that was a deal, and then she just literally walked off in the middle of the night, and no one said a word, and right. uh, and then these two other girls just show up and start camping in, who clearly are not like the the same kind of alpha material that she was, right? Uh, and and like you said, John just kind of sits in and is like, "Hey, deal deal me in." Like there should have been a conversation. I think it's good that they're there. It's gonna bring obviously with a uh, Walker and I think is it, is it Lloyd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they're gonna have that conflict. I think they showed that in the you know season previews. Um, but just dot your eyes, cross your T's, writers. You know. Right. <laughs> yeah. Shut I up, Diego. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you laughing. <laughs> I, I do have to tell you one. So one of my favorite lines from this episode, and it is now mutated here in my house, because uh, Rob, my Rob, is like a pop culture black hole vortex. He cannot remember details or anything, and I always tease him about it. I loved that when Beth came home from the store with Carter, and Rip was like, "Is it a one shot or a two shot day?" And she said, <laughs> "It's a pour the bottle in a bucket kind of day." Right, right. And the other day, I said to Rob, "Ugh." Pour the bottle in a bucket, and Rob went, "That's a whap. That's a whap." And I'm like, "No, no, no, no." <laughs> he thought it was a Cardi B line. Yeah. Oh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, I, I, I'm. I hope that this was one of the only what I'm gonna call a filler episode for Yellowstone. What it did move the story along and baby steps. I, I need a little bit more. I need a little bit more bigger steps now, adult steps. With at least one story. Like, give us a reason for, like, like a, a holy crap moment for tuning in that night. Right, <laughs> right. Or this, was like two- the, this was like the two towers for The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> There's no purpose to that movie other to, than to get us from movie one to movie three. Exactly. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, definitely looking forward to episode four uh, next, this Sunday, right? They're not going to... Mm-hmm. So, um, and hopefully we'll see, we'll see where the story develops. We'll see. I'm assuming we're going to see Jamie this episode around because we didn't see him in episode two. So maybe more into Monica and Tate since we only got to see them for maybe five minutes there. So that, that's, that's my bold prediction. Let's have more. a Dr. Phil crossover and fix them up. <laughs> oh. Or maybe this is the way of writing them off the show. No. Yeah, that's. I, that's what I was thinking, that this yeah. is going to be like. In case she's she just goes like, full on, that's that's it, that's it, full I on. I mean, the whatever. fact that he tossed that guy in the cattle guard says that he is well on his way. Yeah, well, maybe Monica brings him back, and then they ride off into the sunset. I don't know. I feel like maybe Casey or Monica will meet somebody else. Maybe Monica will be the nice teacher, because uh, she's a teacher, and so maybe like she'll meet like the safe guy right well, and don't who's the total opposite of casey and piper parabo is coming oh to the that's show. right i forgot she was coming to the show i love her so much i'm so excited about that so who I'm, knows what she's gonna rustle yeah. up yeah <laughs> yeah 
right, so we got some predictions here for episode four for the remainder of the season. Um, you know, tune in every week. We do talk about every episode the next day or two. So definitely tune in. Check out the Facebook page. Definitely check out Yellowstone. Look forward to all the spinoffs that are coming, it seems. And, uh, you know, until we catch you for episode four, uh, thanks for tuning in. Check out Facebook, like our page, download, share. Um, do everything. And y'all, y'all come back now. <laughs> y'all come back. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a good one. Bye. This is just a disclaimer. No members of the Boomtron podcast are employed by any of the streaming services mentioned in this episode, nor do they have any business ties with those streaming services. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only, and all news and information that is shared is simply what these yahoos found online. Thank you.